0: Hey guys, welcome to session two of season three of literally, that feels so crazy to say. I just can't believe we're on season three at this point, but so excited for you guys to continue to get to know Rachel and how amazing she is and to see her journey unfold. So this session is really useful because I think it's just one of those foundational pieces that every single one of my clients needs, that conversation around time and time-locking and what that looks like for them. The conversation around content and how to make it really work for them. You know, just the foundational stuff that sometimes it's really easy to skip over, especially when you're in a situation like Rachel where you have the successful business that's kind of otherwise moving forward, which you guys saw a bit with Sam, but definitely different for Rachel in the sense that she is both having a little one at home and expecting and managing two businesses moving forward. So this will be a really really helpful episode, especially if you're feeling kind of time constraint yourself. If you have questions around content, if you're just trying to reestablish that foundation, this will help you so much. So let's dive in. Awesome. So what's going on? Give me an update. So
1: yeah, last week was bananas, but over the weekend I carved out time and it was really nice. I think the weekends are probably my favorite time to work, which I don't think most people feel that way, but <laughs> I was able to like actually focus and do the content planning party and update my content plan for the next few months and work on a few other things and get all my social posts scheduled for the week and all of that. So I felt very productive after that. I think also knowing that we were talking today was further motivation because <laughs> I knew I had <laughs> that accountability. Like I have to have something done by our next call. So yeah, and then I finally today posted in Facebook groups. We talked a little bit on Facecamp, but I was, I'm realizing I need to schedule it in my calendar and I need to do it first thing in the morning or it just doesn't get done and like even yesterday I had every intention of posting and then the day just went by because I hadn't had it scheduled in the calendar yet so this morning I had it there I got up I had my coffee I did it (laughs) and it, it was good so I feel I feel productive this week and I checked off everything I'd wanted to do.
0: Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. And honestly, for like almost every uh, done for you, right, because PR is definitely done mm-hmm. for you, provider that I've ever worked with, that's like the biggest struggle is like my stuff versus client mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah, totally. And that's really just – it is kind of getting incredibly structured about when your stuff happens mm-hmm. and then keeping that appointment, so to speak, and promise to yourself. Yeah. Um, Because the truth is like the client stuff is always going to get done, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Like it's almost like there's some irony in like if you had gotten to the end of the day and didn't post, it's kind of like whatevs. If you had gotten to the end of the day and didn't get a client thing done, you would have just figured out how to get it done, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, that's the thing. I'm I'm accountable to all these other people in my PR business and, and they're my clients. I've got to get stuff done for them. And so then my 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 business gets put on the back burner a little bit. And and so it's definitely thinking of myself as my own client at times and and prioritizing myself that way, because it's just as important for me to get all of this done as it is for me to meet my client deadlines. Mm-hmm.
0: In terms of what comes up for you for doing it every morning, like does that seem feasible to like put aside like whatever, I'm just making this up, we can talk specifics, but like Mm -hmm. an hour for yourself every morning or does that feel like just really not even feasible at this point?
1: Um, Right now I would say it's more like a half an hour for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the nature of sort of Everything that's going on right now and being home 24-7 with my husband and my daughter um, <laughs> under normal circumstances, an right. hour would be would be easy because I dropped my daughter at daycare. My husband would be, you know, at the office. And so there'd be a little more of that space um, just for me. But I find that in the morning, you know, we're sort of juggling a little one. Ideally, I'd like to have an hour and I wish I could be the kind of person who gets up early and I've tried and sh- I'm just not a morning person at all. I think if anything, it's like an hour in the evening. is a lot easier to do to at least plan for the day ahead.
0: So let me just play with this for a second and you tell me like w- what comes up mm-hmm. and what the barriers are, right? So it's not to say it has to be the same, but here's the reason I'm kind of pushing the morning mm-hmm. thing is because it's kind of like your stuff before everyone else's stuff for the exact reason that we just said, Mm, right? And I've just seen that mentality work so much better. Like, it's like we have the best of intentions, but when we say it's gonna be an hour in the evening for us, Mm. that's really (laughs) rare. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That we actually take it. So it doesn't even have to be this idea of like, can you schedule a full hour first thing in the morning? But I guess the point is, is like, can we put an hour toward your business before you do any client work mm-hmm. in whatever way that looks like? And I don't know if you're like, I just legit don't have an hour or but I think you're saying you do because you're saying you would do it at night. So I don't know. Tell me what the thought is there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely could. Um, I think it's just it's just setting that boundary for myself. And even if that hour is a little bit interrupted by, you know, getting my daughter breakfast or or changing a diaper or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think looking at it like that of this, this first hour is for for my business before I even log on to my PR email account and see what clients have for me for the day. I mean, that feels doable. You know, I think what tends to happen is because I have email on my phone, and I'm in the bad habit of looking at it, First thing in Mm -hmm. the morning, I'll get sucked into, oh, this client sent me something. I need to reply right away. And um, I don't always have to reply right away. And I really don't even need to look at my email first thing when I wake up like I do. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think it's just setting that boundary of I'm not even going to look until that first hour. And I mean, I'm still up pretty early because I have a two-year-old. So she's usually up. between 7 and 8 so most clients aren't really even on until 9 or 9 30 right now in this time so I think that time's there I think it's just being really mindful about not not plugging in at all to the PR business until I've got given myself that time
0: Okay, so something really important that I want to point out here is that you really want to find what you can fit in with scheduling, but also what works. And so what I mean by that is Rachel may not get an hour all at once and can work around that, but having that time for her business each morning is the only thing that will make it work. So our job is to go, of course, we want an hour to this business. We want to move forward every day, but it doesn't have to look like this perfectly timed thing. It doesn't have to be a total unnecessary interrupted hour every morning. We get to work around that, but it's still committing the time to moving the business forward either way. And I think that's just really helpful to see that it's always that balance of like, let's make it work for you, but let's also know that we have to put that time into the business to make it work. And then our job is to figure out what that balance is. Well, here's what I think is interesting and it totally makes sense based on what you're saying. But I think that what happens so often is that, and I have totally been guilty of this many times in my business, right? Which is that we get into the trap of, if I just get all this stuff done for clients, then I'll have time for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's the, it's like legitimately a daily trap, right? (laughs) Yes, yeah. It's like the, I'll start my diet on Monday trap kind of thing, (laughs) right? And and I think what happens is that, we keep telling ourselves this every day. So when we open the email, we're like, okay, if I can just get these six things done that I have sitting in my inbox, then I'll make time to post in groups later. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's well intentioned. You know what I mean? And it's not outlandish. It's just that it almost never works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think like that's where your point of like, what would it look like not to even look? Mm-hmm comes in because if you look, the temptation is there to go, let me just knock out these three things, then I'll dive in, right? Right.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I'll look and I'll say, well, I'll just reply to this person and then I get sucked yeah. into like, oh, well, I'll just drop this social post really quick and then it just yep. <laughs> it just spirals from there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like never
1: ending yeah. to a certain extent, yeah. right? Yeah, and there's always more stuff that they need me to do. So it's not – it's not like I finish the to-do list ever. It's continuous.
0: Yep. And like so is your stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we kind of just have to create containers for them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: instead of being more controlled by the amount of work, so to speak. Yeah. Another thing that I have found to be true over and over again, and it's like this very weird thing that doesn't seem like it should work but works, (laughs) Is if you make that time for yourself, you will get client stuff done. Like, and by the time you want it to be done. Like, it's like the tasks expands into the time allowed for it. Like, it's wild how much faster we go when we are like, okay, I I did my stuff for the day. I got to get this client stuff done and be done by X time. Like, Mm -hmm. I I doubt you'll even have to be working at night as much as my point. Does that make sense?
1: That makes sense. And I mean, that would be awesome. Cause I feel like, especially in the last week, I have been working on PR stuff a lot at night. Um, but then also, yeah, I totally, when I do block that time off or give myself that, that, that container, I definitely get more done. I mean, even on Saturday, I gave myself nap time. I had two hours <laughs> and I got so much done mm-hmm. for blissful budget and rolled through the, the list of things I had. And it was amazing how much I could accomplish when I just you know gave myself that time and
0: focus. Okay, so like the biggest trap in business ever is, I'll do my stuff once I'm done with this client thing biggest trap ever. No matter what kind of business you have, if you have a done-for-you business, if you have a coaching business, whatever that is, it is so, so easy to constantly put the client stuff in front of your own stuff, right? So even just the not checking emails first thing is a big step for Rachel. Calendaring is gonna be a huge help. But really finding those pockets of time for her business, no matter what, is pretty much the non-negotiable here. I definitely get that compulsion and that tendency to want to get it all done first and then work on your stuff. But I'll just tell you after coaching for years at this point, that never happens and it never works for anyone. So if you're listening to this and you find yourself in that trap a lot of like, I'll do my stuff once I'm done with this client thing, it's time to you know stop checking that email in the morning if you need to. It's time to calendar and time block and get time in there for yourself because it is the thing that will change the game and move your business forward. So here's a question. With PR stuff, like, are you basically trying to like zero out each day? Like, I know that sounds like a weird question, but is that like your mentality? Like, how do I finish it all every day, or does stuff always roll over, or can it you just don't like for it to like give me a little rundown there? Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: don't try to zero out every day. There are things that'll come up. Um, like one client i'm usually doing time sensitive reports for so i will have a deadline that i need to meet and need to get that particular project done but for most of them there's things that can roll over um so it's not like oh i've got to check every single thing mm-hmm. off my list but then there it's sort of a mix i guess of both and i try to prioritize and i think i do a good job on the pr side kind of Pushing the things that I can push um, to the next day, but then there are things that will come up that are, you know, quick turn and I need this now <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> projects. So.
0: so the reason I asked that is because I think that that's where the containers can be really helpful, like getting mm-hmm. as specific as like I start PR at this time, I end PR at this time, I start um, – stuff for my business in the morning. I don't start PR until that's done, you know, or until Mm -hmm. 60 minutes has been committed. And then from there, I have PR time from this time to this time. I'm not sure if that feels feasible right now with a two-year-old at home, so we can totally say fuck it. But Mm -hmm. also, I think it's just nice to have that end point as well as much as we want a start point. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that does. And, um, you know, I've been trying to – probably not doing very well, but I've been trying to at least stop by 430 or 5 just to be with family and make dinner and we go on a walk every day and having like that that family time that we really need. So that's given me a little bit of a of a boundary too of okay, well I know I'm gonna be done for at least a while um by 430 or five. And so I feel like it's realistic to say and really devote like this part of my day is going to be PR. This First part of the day will be blissful budget and and kind of build those containers in that way.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm picturing is like the first hour, no matter how that shakes out, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> is your business once that's done, it's PR until five, and then always at five you're done, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. the reason I say that and I almost tend to seem to make it seem too simple is because. It's like you kind of have to commit to the time before the tasks work themselves around it. If in the back of your head you're always like, well, I guess I'll just work on this later after the baby goes to bed, or I'll probably Mm -hmm. just finish this up then, or da-da-da. Like you'll always have something you can finish up then is the point. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, I'm just always done at 5 and I always start an hour after, then what that's really going to do for us is tell us like, okay, was that – realistic and you're kind of getting it all done and great or like you know that really ended up not being realistic like you just simply have too much work to fit into that Mm -hmm. time frame then we have to really rethink how we're functioning does that make sense
1: yeah yeah that definitely makes sense and I think working that way and maybe spending the rest of this week and next week really practicing that will give us a lot of information on if I need to change anything else.
0: Right. And sometimes that's really good to see because I've totally had it both ways with clients. Like I've had it where they were like, I literally have no idea what I was doing with my time. Like it's totally fine. Right. And I've had it where they're like, you know what? Like this project has to go or this other thing has to go because it, mm-hmm. it there's simply, no matter how hard I schedule it, there's not enough time. So something that I love about time blocking, you guys know I'm obsessed with it. If you're a literally listener for multiple seasons, you know this is something I talk about with every client. But something that I love about it is that it gives us true data. So for example, do I really have enough time if I set specific containers or do I simply just not have the time to get it all done and it's time to rework what's on my plate? The way to understand that is to time block and time track. Because right now, we're just effectively making a guess. Like sure, it seems like you have time to do it all. Maybe you don't. Who knows, right? And this is true with every client. When we can get down to that level of specificity and actually get that data, then we're making real, choices and we're actually personalizing it to them so that they can make it work. And I've seen both happen. I've seen some clients where they have more than enough time. It's just, you know, mind blowing to see it all laid out. And I've seen some clients where we really just had to cut back on stuff because it was not possible. So if you're finding yourself in that stuck point, kind of a feeling like, can I get it all done? I have no idea, especially as life and time have changed very drastically in the recent past. This is a beautiful thing to do and yes, it will take a little bit more time and intention, but it will give you the best data you could possibly have. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely and I've um I've tried to stop saying yes to things too on the PR side because I want to make this space blissful budget and I'm meeting the revenue goal I have for the PR business anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm trying to be mindful about not taking anything else on. Um, But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if I need to let anything go.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And or reprioritize, like I'm just making this up. It doesn't have to be this, Mm -hmm. but it's like you could be like, Blissful Budget has to wait for a little bit. Like I need to finish out X projects in PR and then I'm going to come back to it or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. any and all of it is on the table. I know that's not what you want, but my point is like it's nice to just be able to be like it's all on the table. What actually is going to serve me the most here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. So just keep me posted with that. We'll do the hour in the morning, stop by 5, and then kind of go from there. And then just like – Kind of be hard Mm -hmm. on yourself for lack of a nicer way to say it, but meaning like hard stop at five, like not Mm -hmm. the like, well, normally I would stop at five, but. Right. (laughs) Right. Like really try to be regimented with yourself on that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does. Okay, cool. All right. So I know a couple other things that we wanted to talk about were content stuff we want to talk about some of the opt-in workbook stuff um and then I know you were saying kind of just like that authentic voice piece like tell me what feels mm-hmm. good to dive into
1: yeah maybe content because I think that authentic voice probably fits into that too um because I feel like like I I feel like I can come up with topics but or themes but then breaking that down into daily posts is a little more challenging. Um, and what I've done in the past, I've written, like, I'll write a blog post, and then I'll try to break that up mm-hmm. in chunks, especially if it's like a five steps or sure. five ways, <laughs> um, which is easier. But I also, I don't know if that's the best way to do it. And I, I also feel like, I and mean, I don't want to be in this cycle of always having to create content, because I do want to create content that I can repurpose. But I I don't know. I feel like it's sometimes even breaking down the like today. I'm talking about step one just doesn't feel really like it flows well or or engages with with people very well, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally. Like they're almost like what else am I missing kind of thing is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um basically like let's use uh let's use this week, right? Because you're going to do like Mm -hmm. what to do with your stimulus check, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you normally go to write that, you're trying to write a blog first and then break it down or like is that – you're like I used to do that but I'm not anymore. Like what is the process at this moment?
1: Yeah. Right now that's the process. I'll write out a big blog post and then I'll see how I can break it up into daily posts for Instagram and Facebook and then what I haven't been doing but I want to start doing is a Facebook Live each week just on that topic, yep. mm-hmm. you know, whatever the blog topic is that week.
0: I love that. Okay. So I'll just tell you what I do. It doesn't mean it has to be right for you, but just as a starting point, I never write the blog first. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a lot harder. Okay. Yeah. The reason I tend to find that to be harder is because then, like, to your point, I find pulling posts out more difficult. But the funny thing that I just want to point out is, like, I have some clients that are the exact opposite. They're like, you're Mm -hmm. wild that you wouldn't write a blog post first. That's effing crazy. It's so much easier to write a blog first. (laughs) (laughs) So my point in sharing that is I think, like, everyone has their own thing. So it's not bad that you've tried that. But if that's not working… I would definitely just try to write out five posts first. Mm. I always write them like in that way and then we put them into a blog. Does that make sense? Like then we scrunch them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I that find it sense. easier to do the transition from there. Mm. What I will say is like, again, it's it's just a, a trial. But the thing that I'll do with the post too, especially if I'm feeling stuck, is try to look at it through different lenses mm. So like a client story, a personal story, a tip, a tool, like a challenge, and we can decide what those lenses are for you. But then it's like gets really specific at a certain point. So it's like what should I do with a stimulus check? What am I telling one of my clients to do with it? Mm -hmm. What would I do with mine? What's a great tip on a way to think about it? What's like a tool that they could use to – make that easier or manage it or a way to think about it or whatever. And then what's a challenge? Like I challenge you to whatever, like I'm just making this up, but like put a portion of it into an IRA or something. Right. I have no idea, but you yes. get my point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, What comes up for you there?
1: I really like that. And I think that'll help because part of my struggle has been you know, wanting to speak to a more entrepreneurial audience because I feel like I've really been targeting more of the personal finance side, which is a part of it. But, you know, if I want to be speaking to and working with other entrepreneurs, then I really need to find a way to resonate with them. And I, I think that's what I felt with just, you know, writing the blog post and breaking it down. I don't really feel like I'm resonating with the right audience, or, you know, hitting, hitting things that they're thinking about. And so I love this idea of the different lenses. Um, because i feel like it gives me a different way to talk about the same topic too mm-hmm. instead of like talking about five aspects mm-hmm. of the same topic it's it's really giving me fresh content
0: It's actually really interesting too because it actually flows together really well in a blog post. So like Mm -hmm. if you think about like you open the blog post with your story, then you tell a client's story, then you give that tip and that tool and you leave them with a challenge. So it actually is easy to put like smush together into a blog as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's also nice because they are on the same topic, but one doesn't have anything to do with the other in a sense, like how you were saying, like you hate writing to like, here's tip number one or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like you're kind of really speaking to all of these individually, but it does flow together, but it doesn't feel like you're missing something if you read another one without this, right?
1: Yeah, I love that because I really feel like, you know, if they right now, if they were like reading about reading what I posted on Wednesday, you do have that feeling of, well, what did I miss <laughs> the last yeah, two days? Yeah. And who's really going to go like dig through their feed to, <laughs> to see what was what they missed unless they really love me that much. But
0: <laughs> Well, and it's also one of those things too where like I think something I've been talking to so many people about lately is like right now our job more than it has ever been is to make things so easy for our people because mm-hmm. we're all overwhelmed, we're all overloaded, our brains are all like mm-hmm. operating at a, a level that is not normal, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm personally carrying around like a freaking thing of post-it notes so I can remember <laughs> shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just that mentality of like I don't even want to make it that hard for them where they feel like then they have to go look for something else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So one hack for content that I still use all the time, and this is with clients that, you know, have been writing content for years or clients that are just starting on with myself, which is to just look at your posts through different lenses. And so when I say lenses, I mean stuff like your story, your client's story, a tip, a tool, a challenge, whatever that is, you can change the lenses. And certainly, you know, I change them depending on the client sometimes, but Really being able to take the same concept and run it through all of those, the take a concept, tell my story about it, take a concept, tell a client story, take a concept, give a tip, right, is wildly helpful. In making it so that you're not just staring at a blank screen, what I find to be the hardest for people is when they're like, okay, time to write content and they're just completely staring at a blank screen. So the way that we speed that up is for you to know your exact topic, to know the lens and to be able to write, like right to that, right, right to that, you get my point. But that helps in both finding that inspiration and saving yourself a lot of time. So if you're not doing that right now, I highly recommend giving it a try because you really will see the results of that in the time spent, but you'll also see the results of that in how your audience uh, really takes in your content because they're seeing it through so many different lenses. It lands so much better for them in my experience. So really something to give a try if you haven't yet. So, does that feel like a good starting point or does anything else come up for you there?
1: No, that feels like a really good starting point. I feel like that makes it it feel easier, actually, <laughs> which is nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that. And I'll probably go ahead and try that this week for some of the content I already have. I think it'll be easy to rework some of the posts, um, but definitely next week too,
0: so I'm excited. I also really like you being able to add your story into it a Mm -hmm. lot because I think that's some of where you can connect with that entrepreneurial audience. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because it's like you're telling them like what you would do with the check as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that's something that I've wanted to really share and didn't know how to do it without it being like one big post about me, you know? But I like being able to weave that into every topic of of you know this is how i've done it cuz i've i've made that leap from the corporate world into owning a couple businesses and so now it it's like i've done the finance thing and especially now where there's so many um entrepreneurs sort of in this like well we're self employed um during this whole coronavirus <laughs> crisis yep. that's going on and how do i even yep. navigate this as a self employed person so I feel like sharing my own story could be really powerful.
0: Definitely. So tell me more about the piece related to authentic voice. Like I Mm -hmm. think that that piece kind of solves it, but just want to like understand where you're at with that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So, you know, with Blissful Budget, I'm, I mean, I'm totally woo, person, (laughs) like crystals and tarot cards and everything. I love it. I love it all. You're coming out of the closet. Yes, yes, definitely. And so, you know, I want to be able to weave that in. And I do weave that into my work. Um, I do a money relationship tarot reading as part of the um intensives that I offer and then also when I'm starting with one-on-one clients and I mean I always talk to people in discovery calls and I say you know if you're totally not into that we don't have to do it but I explain why I do it and um because it's more of like a mirror and a conversation starter if anything of of how they feel about money and so like I love I love weaving it in but I also want to weave it in in a way that's accessible to people um, as well, especially folks who are newer to to some of that stuff. And I mean, some people say mindset work is totally woo. And to me, I'm like, I've been doing mindset work <laughs> as part of yoga for so long. I'm like, it doesn't seem that weird to me, but I know it it can seem weird to other people. So it's sort of finding that balance because I also mm-hmm. don't want to go so far into it right. that it's like... A totally different business because I really do. I mean, I'm all about finding that balance between the practical side of money, but then also a lot of what we do with money is about energy and how we feel about it and what it's bringing up for us and the money stories that it brings mm-hmm. up for us.
0: So Totally makes sense. So you've probably definitely – um heard me say this in in uh Value Center and Sales for sure. But it's like this idea of like boring result, exciting process.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we need to figure out what both of those are, right? Mm-hmm. And when we can do that, like that's when a couple things happen. That's when your audience really gets it, number one. Mm -hmm. That's when you really attract the right people. And that's also when you feel super like able to kind of like let your freak flag fly Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to say it. Because you're like, no, this is the thing that will get you results. So it really puts you in that expert position, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So of course not everyone has to do the tarot thing, but I actually think like there's something to be said there for being like, this is my process. Mm -hmm. Like, you like it, you don't. Right, right. (laughs) Right? Does that make sense? Where it's like, right now, you're almost like, I don't want to weird them out too much. So I'm towing the line. And if they don't want to, they don't have to. But at the same time, that almost like, makes us miss that exciting portion of the process. Do you see what I'm saying there?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's been my my struggle is sort of like I want to attract people who are also like on board with that, who are like, cool, even if they haven't ever had a tarot reading right. before. I want I want to attract people who are into it because <laughs> honestly, also if they're not into it, they may not be the right person for me, so.
0: Exactly. Or at the very least, like they're open to exploring that, right? Yeah, and if they're yeah. like, I'm just a no to that. It's like, that's cool, but you're like a, probably a no to me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember I once did a discovery call um, with somebody who was like, yeah, I just don't believe in mindset work. And I was like, oh, yeah, so you would hate working with me. Like, (laughs) we definitely (laughs) need to get off the phone because I assure you it would be like your least favorite thing ever, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So I think the same thing is true for you here where, again, it doesn't have to be like all we talk about is tarot cards, but We're very, very clear on what the process is so that you can attract the right people Mm -hmm. to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so if you're my client, you've heard me say this a hundred (laughs) times, and I'm gonna say it again here because it is so relevant and so important. Boring result, exciting process. You guys, this is everything in sales. What happens is I see a lot of clients come to me and they're trying to create this really unique result. And they're really frustrated when people aren't buying it. And it's like, well, the truth, truth is that most people have like these small handful of things that we really all want, right? Like we can pretend we're kind of above that, but like human psychology, we kind of all want these like basic things, right? Like money, success, a good relationship, the hot body. Like we're boring in a sense, right? So if we keep trying to make our results super different and exciting, We're not really appealing to the part of us that wants that boring result, right? Our job is to make the process exciting. Like, I can get you this thing you want, but here's the way I'll get it for you. That's when the game changes in sales. We want to meet people where they're at with that result that they want, and then we want to show them how we have this unique and amazing process to get them there. So know in your business, take a minute right now, write this down, figure it out. What is your boring result and what is your exciting process? Because that will change the game for you in sales. So tell me, let's just talk through this for a second. Like, What is that boring result?
1: The boring result of of working
0: with me or of the... Tarot card reading or what? Your whole business. (laughs) Oh, oh, my whole business? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not just like the reading, but like the result I'm here to give people is this. And yeah, the result.
1: So the boring result is probably, um, you know, getting a handle on their finances, finding out where their money is going. You know, we've talked a little bit in value centered sales about the make more help them make more money. Um, which doesn't seem very boring because that's what we all want, right? <laughs> In business, um, but I think that's sort of the like right now. That's the result is is what they get. Oh, and a better understanding of of their relationship
0: with money, which I don't think people really prioritize. So, okay. So what I'm hearing you say and. One other thing comes up for me that I didn't hear you say that I just want to talk about just because I know your business a little bit, but um, Mm -hmm. it's almost like that make more, keep more philosophy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's maybe like a really good way to say it where it's it's like about the acquisition of wealth, like make more and keep more, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that feel true when I say that? Yeah, definitely. And I think especially for business because – I think we
1: talked about this last time, but
0: you can be bringing
1: in a million dollars, but it it all depends on what you're actually taking home, you know, at the end of the day.
0: (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I really like that. Like, I think that you could even just, like, use that as a tagline. Like, I help entrepreneurs make more and keep more Mm -hmm. of their profit. I I love that. The other thing that comes up for me because I know your business is the pay down debt aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we know a lot of entrepreneurs have struggled with debt because they've gone into debt to start their business. I think so many of the people that have come to you in the past um, had debt as a challenge point. I don't know if that still feels like really present or what feels true there, but just wanted to have you brain dump on that.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it, and um, I still see it so much in the clients I've worked with and then with a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurs, and I think also there's such a, a mentality, you know, you want to invest in yourself, and sometimes you have to go into debt to do that, or you choose to go into debt to do that, and um, so, yeah, it's paying, it's totally paying down debt, which I've done twice in my life now, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I think that's definitely a part of it. And then also, you know, I think we talked a little bit when I was in value-centered sales about some of the money objections. And so I even try to talk to folks about how they can even pay off working with me and how we can build a plan
0: around that too. hmm so. so then would it be fair to say, like, we help people make more, keep more, and pay off debt? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The reason I really, really like that is because I think that like there's nothing we want as entrepreneurs more than those three things really, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so that's like really a powerful thing for you to be able to kind of be the one (laughs) saying Mm -hmm. make more, keep more paid on debt, especially because like we know the debt is such a pain point as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people kind of try to solve the debt problem by just being like, we'll just make more. And we're like, yeah, that's part of it. But also <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you have to keep more and you have to have a debt payment process, all of that kind of stuff. And you have the experience in in all of that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that feels really good. Okay. Um, So I would try to be using that phrasing like you're a broken record basically. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and because I help my clients make more, keep more, and pay down debt or like, and what this process is going to help you do is make more, keep more, and pay down debt and what this tip is going to help you do. Like, you get my point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Okay. So then let's talk about what's your exciting process.
1: My exciting process. <laughs> this is the hardest part for me. Um, okay. I, you, cause I'd love to have like, you know, you have, um, strat, whatever. I'm, I'm going to yeah, butcher yeah. it. Mine's mindset, strategy, strategy execution. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, I toyed for a while with, um, magical money mindset. Um, you know, sort of the magical being the intention setting, goal setting, the tarot reading stuff around money, um, you know, money really just being those practical money management tips. And then, of course, mindset is diving into your money stories and and your mindset around money. So I've played with that for a while. I think it goes back to sort of that what we just talked about and, um, you know, wanting to make sure that's authentic. Um so I haven't really used it that much in my marketing or in anything yet. But that's sort of that's sort of the process, though, I would say. It's
0: kind of those three steps. What comes up for me, and this doesn't have to, like, totally resonate, we can wordsmith this a mm-hmm. little, but is almost making that, like, money mindset and mastery. Oh, I like that. Because I think that sort of encompasses all of it. And the reason I say mastery is, one, because I like alliteration, but two mm-hmm. – <laughs> Because I think that's where we talk about, like, the paying down debt and not getting into debt again, like that mastery of money, right, versus just, like, the Mm -hmm. quick solution kind of thing. I love that. And I love alliteration, too. So (laughs) It's like the three M's, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, does that feel like that kind of does it? Like, is that sort of the process or does it feel like anything's missing or –
1: no, I really like that. And I feel like, you know, mindset sort of encompasses intention and goal setting and all of that, too.
0: So I Yeah, feel even like that the tarot covers, piece, really. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that covers everything. Okay, I love that. And then, like, you know, you can even play with, like, like, I feel like I gave myself, like, the most boring title ever. If I, like, ever wanted to go back and rethink about it, I would probably call MSE framework something a little cuter. <laughs> I'm teasing. I don't think it matters that much. But my point is like you could call this like my 3M process or my money mastery process or Mm -hmm. whatever like you want to say there, right? Yeah, yeah. But like I think that's really helpful too because then it's like I have a process. Here's the result. And we're saying the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love that.
1: I think that's really – that just helps me organize it too and gives me that – that message that I feel like has really been missing. So,
0: And you could even, like, I know that we talked last time, you know, about that whole, like, imposter syndrome thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, you could even get way more specific with this if that felt really good. Like, you could even be like, what are my three steps under each? Like, how would it, like, what would it look like to build out this thought process? So that I felt like I could say, like, yeah here here's my like whatever m <laughs> m to the third <laughs> right <laughs> process, and under each of them, under money, we talk this 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 under mindset, we dive into this 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 under mastery, we focus on this, this this like I don't know if that resonates or feels better if you're like, I kind of want it to be more broad,
1: yeah, I think right now i I like it being more broad, and as i as I work with more people and hone you know hone the process a little more Mm -hmm. than I might be able to define it. But I also really like, because everybody's so different too, we all, I mean, this might be the framework, but I have the flexibility within that to sort of work with my clients in the way that works for them.
0: Totally. Okay, cool. So let's try to just like play with infusing that into content this week, right? Because now we have this formula, we have that boring result that we can just r- hit home on again and again. We have the lenses for each day. And so I think like what's really helpful here is – and this is like always the annoying but but great part of coaching mm-hmm. – is like this could not be more clear or specific. So if it still feels really hard to write, it's a mindset thing.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs>
0: But, like, that's so perfect. Like, I always tell clients, like, our job is to get the strategy, like, rock solid nailed down to the point where, like, then if you're not doing it's not because you don't know. It's because something else is going on, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, and obviously for you, that stuff is what we're looking at the specificity of the message and the posts and the lenses and all of that this might totally transform and it's not even a thing or you might be like man i am still like (laughs) really feeling some resistance here and then we just go okay no problem like we can solve for mindset here too does that make sense yeah that makes sense so one of the things i really like to do with clients is to get so crystal clear on the strategy that if we don't show up we know it's mindset so of course i believe in mindset you guys know that that's my thing but i think that too often we almost want to start with mindset and it's like maybe but the question is can we get so crystal clear on the strategy then it makes it obvious where the mindset blocks are so I really like with most clients to dive into the strategy first because I think it helps us pinpoint the mindset stuff better and faster. So doesn't mean that the mindset stuff isn't there or isn't important. But if we can get really crystal clear on that strategy, then the mindset work becomes really crystal clear too. Where I see a lot of people get tripped up is they're trying to do a lot of mindset work so that they can show up, but then they don't have a clear path to what it looks like to show up, and there's a lot of frustration that comes from that. So that's exactly what we're doing here is we're taking away that guesswork, we're taking away that frustration, and then we're gonna find out what's underneath it afterwards.
1: Like, this just – I feel like this framework and even talking about, like, the different lenses earlier, it makes it feel really clear and makes it feel really easy. And so, yeah, I'll see when I actually sit down to write it and post what comes up.
0: Mm -hmm. And then, like, that's also what I'm here for, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So if you're like, I am, like, I'm not feeling this, like, I'm struggling, like, that's when you reach out and are like, hey, like, I know I said I was going to post. Like, I sat down to do it and I'm still – really feeling xyz or xyz thought is coming up like that's when coaching is so helpful mm-hmm. when you can catch it in the moment and be like here's what's stopping me yeah yeah so like your goal isn't even just to post your goal is to to reach out if you can't right yeah
1: yeah definitely and um it's nice basecamp has been great it's so easy
0: to send you a note when i need to so i will definitely reach out perfect i love that okay so last thing we wanted to talk about was the opt-in workbook situation. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know why I called it a situation, but you get my point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think the opt-in is great. I think we could go a little bit deeper there and kind of giving examples and stuff. What was your thought process around that?
1: Yeah, I really like that idea. And because right now it's just a like a budget spreadsheet that and it's very personal finance focused and so i like the idea of giving examples of you know how different different people might use it or um you know what it might look like for your business to use it um and i could probably just make even make different tabs because it's in a google sheet so it's super easy to share and and do that um because something that i oh no go go ahead ahead. (laughs) i was just gonna say i felt like it needs a little more but it is a great like it it whenever i post about that i get sign ups for my newsletter so mm-hmm. um it's been a good little opt in
0: <laughs> totally i think it's spot on because it's so actionable mm-hmm. it's not like whatever think about your budget it's like legitimately here is an exact spreadsheet yeah. but um yeah i think like there's this funny thing with how our crazy little human brains work, which is we just want to know how other people are doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, like there's some level of permission that that gives us or whatever. It's like I don't like I don't want to know the five steps to make 10K. I want to know how I made 10K or how Rachel made 10K last month. Like, you know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just so funny how one is so much more enticing than the other.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. So I think the the point is there and you could be like budget examples for 5k a month income, 10k a month income and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I like that too, sort of looking at those different income levels because um yeah, I think that's that's something I get working with clients too. They're like, how do I pay off debt when I make 5k a month or how do I, what should I be saving towards? So I think giving those examples could be really helpful.
0: So something I found over time and is just so related to like human psychology and how we think about things is that people love examples. (laughs) They love them. It is one of the most effective ways that we can prompt interest and conversations and ultimately conversions. So the example with Rachel is them just looking at a blank budgeting spreadsheet versus having an example spreadsheet. I just notice over time that the example stuff makes the biggest difference in getting that real engagement and conversation and conversion going with my clients. So I am always working to give examples. I'm always pushing my clients to give examples. I think that It's so needed in this online space where we kinda tend to second guess ourselves or not know if we're getting it right or not even feel like we know where to start. But when someone gives us an example, it totally changes the game for us in seeing this really be applied to something and it feels like we have such a better starting point and better understanding. So this is something to take away that if like you have something in an opt-in or piece of content or freebie, or small paid offer, can you go give examples in it? You will see such a difference in how people absorb and interact with that content. Give it a try. I promise it will work very well. Totally. And then they don't feel like they're kind of like swinging blind. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, like I'm closer to the 5k one. So I could almost copy and paste that and then put in some of my stuff and whatever. Or like, They, you know, see that if they get support from you, they could figure out how to pay down debt, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really, really like that. I also like it because it shows that you can work with people at different income levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really enticing. Like, we don't want it to seem like, well, the only people this is right for are making over 20K a month because they're the only ones that could pay down debt or whatever, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. We want it to feel like there is a way to do this at 20 and at 5 and everything in between or above, and I think that just positions you really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's really powerful.
0: A second thing um, that I had mentioned in there was just, like, attaching a little video. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I like that idea. I had a video, and I can't remember now if that's part of the email, that they get when they do the opt-in, but I do need to redo it because it's, um, it's old. (laughs) And I think, you know, with some of the messaging, um, that we've even talked about today, I think I can hone that video a little bit more.
0: So let's do this. Like, I want to get like really specific for a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So we want you to redo the opt-in in terms of giving examples and making a video, and then obviously you're going to update the opt-in page associated with that where you get to say, like, includes examples, includes video. You get to say, like, the whole tagline that we have around, like, making more, keeping more, paying off more debt, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But, like, let's let's get drilled down in terms of, like, that's a project, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't have to happen this week. What I would really recommend is that one morning of this week or two half mornings are just that mm-hmm. and that's it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes
1: sense.
0: So it's it's really getting that specific where it's like, okay, like I'm probably not in the position to finish this this week. Maybe over the weekend if you're feeling it or whatever. Cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's getting super locked in on like, okay, so on, I'm just making this up, right? On Wednesday, it gets 30 minutes. On Friday, it gets 30 minutes. And then the next week, I can pick it up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Instead of like, well, I redid the opt-in, but I actually didn't get any posts out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because that's wildly easy to do. (laughs) So easy to do. Yeah. You're like, oh, I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
1: it just sounds so familiar because I've done that in the past. Of like, well, yeah. I could write my social content or I could rewrite my website copy.
0: <laughs> yep. So. Totally. I could film this video for my opt-in 36 times right. or whatever that is, right? right. Mm-hmm. So let's really – this only gets an hour of your, your time this week and the rest goes to getting out there. That, that sounds good. And we'll just keep – baby stepping it like that like you'll always have those things you're doing like you're posting every day you're posting your groups you're doing one live a week like all the stuff that we um solidified in the content plan but mm-hmm. then you're gonna always have projects on top of that so as yeah. soon as we're done with the opt-in we're probably gonna move on to like what's that paid product opportunity there okay. but like one, we will literally do one thing at a time okay perfect does that feel pretty good Or what comes up for you there?
1: No, that feels really good because I think I have the tendency, especially when I see the to-do list in Basecamp, I'm like, oh, I need to check everything off the list. I'm such a list person. Um, So it's good to have that permission of like, just spend an hour on it this week and we'll pick it up next week And that feels really (laughs) freeing, actually.
0: (laughs) Totally. And I think another thing is like, I've just noticed this in myself, in my business, the more you get comfortable letting that be okay – like mm-hmm. having a thing on the to-do list or whatever, the the easier it is to not let everyone else run your day, <laughs> yeah. right? Because like yeah. when I used to like not want something to roll over or hang out on my to-do list, like everyone else dominated my day. And now that I'm like, mm-hmm. I, shit, that could sit on my to-do list for two weeks if it needs to, like no, then nothing runs runs me like I pick. Does that make sense? yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense cool all right beautiful so I will put this stuff in base camp that's all we're gonna do is like play with that content you're gonna reach out if that still feels like a stopping point and either way it's okay Um, Mm -hmm. work on the project of opt-in play with kind of the timing and that's it we'll just go from there does that feel good that feels great amazing all right keep me posted reach out as much as you need to and we'll chat soon Hi, thank you. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you wanna hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.